everybody, and welcome to Ask for Awesome. This is your host, Roberto Blake, and this is my call-in show here on Anchor FM. I am taking your calls here on the Anchor app, and I just want to have a conversation with you guys. We can talk about whatever you want. We can talk about creative entrepreneurship. We can talk about living that creative life. We can talk about nerdy stuff like Star Wars if you really want to because you know how much I love it. Or we can talk about the new season of Game of Thrones. I am down for whatever. This is a much more casual show. It is a call-in show. There are very few, if any, formalities here between us uh, because I'd like to get to know you and my audience a little better. So let's go ahead and jump into some of your calls, and then I'll probably just ramble about whatever it is that's on my mind today. Hey, what's up, Roberto? This is Dave with the Art Lessons on the Fly. Uh, listen, I just wanted to address the what's holding me back, and it really not much, because I'm doing a lot. I'm on YouTube, I'm on podcasts, uh, I'm up on Instagram all over the place. I'm, I'm on all the different platforms, and I'm doing the work as much as I possibly can. I'm also a dad and uh, trying to manage a seven-year-old boy. So a lot going on. Probably the only thing that's holding me back is because I have so much going on. It's keeping me from getting focused on certain things to help me grow. Like it's tough for me to grow on YouTube. It's tough for me to grow on Instagram. It's tough for me even to grow here on Anchor or as a podcast or whatnot because I'm spending so much time moving from this platform to that platform to this item to that thing I'm selling to this thing I'm doing. So that's kind of the thing. So I'm doing the hustle. It's just I'm not seeing the growth. But still doing the hustle. Dave, I appreciate all the hustle and all the patience, my friend. And here is my advice to you. You are somewhat overextended. Uh, I've been through, Lord knows, similar things. Uh, Everyone in my life probably would say that I'm doing that now and that that's my problem. But at least I'm getting ready to outsource, so that's one answer. But here's where I think you're running into a brick wall, is if you're doing all these different things, you need to set one thing as a foundation pillar and then siphon from that for the rest. And what I mean by that is this, is that um, what I do is YouTube is the foundation of the pillar of the content marketing strategy for my personal brand. And then I just siphon everything else from uh, that or augment it even when I'm going native to um, a platform, which means that sometimes those, uh, those Instagram selfies of mine are from filming something and I will take stills out for that. Uh, so that's definitely one way. Sometimes they're graphics that didn't make the grade for something else I was doing, so I repurposed them. Um, and so I use Instagram to test all of my press photos and shots that I made for YouTube thumbnails. And so I get Instagram visual content out of that, and I still am using it for the other thing in YouTube. I'm getting ready to take cuts from YouTube videos and repurpose one minute cuts for Instagram specifically, and then I'm gonna outsource that once I've figured out what I want that to look like on a regular basis. So I'm going to uh, repurpose that because I'm already in Premiere Pro. I'm already editing the long form piece of this content. Why not go ahead and cut one minute chunks out of it, stagger them and spread them out, but use them and hold them for Instagram for later anyway, because I'm already in Premiere Pro editing. So instead of dedicating time to Instagram, I just add a five or 10 minute round trip to what I'm already doing in Premiere Pro for YouTube, okay? So I can do that. I can do more with less time by just doing that. When I shoot YouTube content, I shoot it back to back to back to back so that 
it's already a batch. So that's something I do. Uh, one of the other things I do is for my written content, I'm repurposing things I've said in the YouTube video for my written content. For my podcast, I'm taking theses that I've thrown out in YouTube or that written content and then going deeper. Or I'm going from something I might have said in a one-minute reply to someone in a video or in a comment and then just turning a whole podcast where I just go in one take and rant for 10 or 15 minutes on that and turn that into a piece of content. And so I'm getting the most out of that moment while I'm high energy. So my answer to you is to thematically focus everything you're doing and uh, make sure the objectives that they serve are the same, that they're in alignment, and then take the groundwork of your process for, say, your YouTube content, and then repurpose from the groundwork of everything that takes to support your YouTube content, meaning you got to be in Photoshop doing thumbnails, do a few more, and make Instagram content out of those that you know fit the narrative of the content you just made for the video. That way they kind of support each other and go ahead and take that content from that video, write something about it in Medium or on your blog, and use the visuals that you made for Instagram for that. And so that's how you do it, is you use this one pillar piece of content or this one pillar platform, and then you siphon for all the others for it. I mean, Ask for Awesome is a spinoff of a failed concept that I did on YouTube called Ask Roberto, because as a call-in show, this just works better um, so I just moved as for awesome here to anchor as a practical measure. And the thing is I could take this back over to YouTube and what I could do is I could just be downloading the audio from these chats. Uh, when you guys call in, let your answers be on audio on the show. Okay. Put the show up and I can just reply to three people's questions from anchor and I could have like a 10 or 15 minute call in show on YouTube and it would probably grow my presence here on Anchor and I'd probably win the leaderboard if I went there. I just haven't decided if that's what I want to do or whether I want to keep the content separate um, or how often I want to do that show if I do that show. So I don't know. And the odds are I could also feel like maybe it's too much like Ask Gary V if I do that. Um, but it would be my own and there's nothing wrong with doing something similar. There's nothing wrong with borrowing a concept. So I, I look at that and that's what my advice is to you is to just figure that out. Figure out how to take the pillar piece of content and uh, redistribute or maximize the effort from the other platforms and focus around one thing. That's how you're going to get focused. That's how you're going to streamline. Great question, man. Hope it works out. Hi, Roberto. It's Tony with Thunder Geek Designs and uh, it's the first time I did a call in on Anchor, but I had a question for you. I have found a really good way of finding design clients online and that's been really good but I want to start finding local clients and that's been a little bit trickier for me. Um, I didn't know if you had any tricks of finding local clients. Is it network groups? Is it emailing the uh, businesses or calling them? Uh, just something I was thinking about. Thanks for answering if you do. Great question, how to find local clients. How to find local clients is actually more straightforward than anyone would believe. If you're a designer or a marketer or a web designer or anything like that and you need to find local clients, this is all you have to do is look at who as a local business is paying for advertising. Look at whoever it is that has a billboard in town, who has uh, print advertising in town, whoever has a commercial on locally syndicated television, whoever has an ad up 
in Facebook or Instagram, whoever locally is paying for text advertising in Google, those people have ad budgets, those people have money, which means they can hire marketers, they can hire designers, they can hire videographers, uh, they can hire you. So if they have an advertising budget and they are a local company or a regional company and they are paying to get eyeballs and attention, they can hire you. So that's who you go and you biz dev with and that's who you pitch. You follow the brand in social media. You look and you stalk employees from the company in LinkedIn that are local. You try and do that relationship. You invest your money uh, taking people to lunch or going to a local uh, small business association mixer. That's another thing you can do. Go and see who has business cards in the coffee shop. See who has business cards um, anywhere. See who has business cards at the car rental place. See who is attending the small business association think about who's registered with the small business association you know like do all of those things go to all of the local events and see who paid to be a sponsor and have a booth and who is a premium sponsor who's a gold level sponsor like find out go to all the local events these are literally I need to make a video I need to make a video literally uh, five ways to find local clients because that is literally the answer. It's literally the answer. Find out who's advertising locally in Google. Find out who's advertising locally via print media. Find out who's advertising by listening to the radio. Find out who's advertising on local syndicated television. Uh, find out who's sponsoring local events. Find out who is at the local small business association as registered there. Find all the people that are putting their business cards in every coffee shop and at every place locally, and therein lies your answer. Also, for anyone you know, find out and get referrals from them of anybody looking for work. Uh, you know, finding local clients is very straightforward if you follow who's already advertising. So that would be my answer. Hey, Roberto, it's Sean here, aka Gadget Reason, and I had a question to you about using social media to drive more views to your YouTube channel. One of the things I've seen a lot of larger content creators like The Verge and Engadget or even brands like Coca-Cola do is starting to use sort of teaser videos, 30-second video clips of new content in their you know Twitter feed or their Instagram feed that is just a snippet of the information that would be in their latest video on YouTube. I haven't seen too many of the smaller individualized content creators doing this. Do you do you think that that's a viable option and do you think that it would help drive more people to your actual YouTube channel and, and drive views there? Um, because I'm struggling with translating views on Instagram and Twitter into actual YouTube views. So thanks for listening. This is a great question and my answer to it is not what anyone's gonna expect from me, is that I want people to stop trying to hitch their wagon to YouTube. I want everyone to stop trying to use every social media platform to siphon for their YouTube channel. You can, and I think if you're trying to get a view velocity watch time on a video, yes, strategically I've said to do that, but here's my other issue with people. People are not thinking about the user experience and the native context of the platform and what a pain in the butt it is to jump from one platform to another just because it benefits you versus disproportionately benefiting the audience. I think every creator is undervaluing what that likes and what a big ask that is. And um, why can't you just give me something here and not try to extract something from me elsewhere? Like, I think that that bothers people and I think that no one understands that. I think that everyone is just 
that YouTube is too sexy right now. YouTube is too sexy for everyone's own good. It's an alluring seductress that is going to ultimately destroy people. I really believe that. I love YouTube, don't get me wrong. And I, you know, I'm growing my stuff in YouTube, but I never put YouTube first. And you see that I'm super accessible in Instagram and in Twitter, and I'm tripling down on Instagram. I've always been active in Twitter. You see me here in Anchor. I could have done a show and had people send me questions um, and I answer them on YouTube or I do a response to the comments in my YouTube channel and do a show there. And I might still do that, but I'm here in Anchor in a completely new platform doing native content and not driving traffic to my YouTube channel. If anything, I'm doing the opposite. If anything, I'm going to start back channeling everything from YouTube probably to my other social media instead of focusing on growing my YouTube because for me, it's a content pillar. And so what I'm getting at is that I guess in theory you could, but mostly the only platform where I see it valuable to really try to siphon traffic for YouTube, I could see Twitter and I could see Facebook. I can see Twitter because of the way that I use it um, as partly a distribution and curation platform as well as engagement, Q&A, and follow-up. Facebook for the obvious reasons, because of its uh, reach and how many people are on the platform, it's the biggest social platform. And from a distribution standpoint, it makes sense because you share things that link out anyway, so the culture is there. So it's not a bad or distasteful feeling. The same thing with Twitter. But Instagram, Instagram's a native and unique content platform itself. So instead of trying to siphon from Instagram for a YouTube channel or siphon from Snapchat for a YouTube channel, I would probably, and I am, doing the opposite. I'd rather push people to those unique content platforms for the unique different content there in the same way instead of trying to back channel people from my podcast I'll try to take people off of my podcast to YouTube I'd rather take them from the podcast to an affiliate sale on books or hardware or something that I recommended in a podcast that's going to help them solve the problem because that's monetization. Because the real problem I have in this question, and not with you for asking it, but everybody who's thinking in this way, is you're trying to convert social media attention to views on YouTube. How about converting social media attention native on the platform to cash? How about doing it to cash? Because what I'd rather see all of you do is if you have 10,000 followers on Instagram, instead of every swipe up taking them off Instagram and taking them to your YouTube channel and you're getting pennies on the dollar for that view, if you get pennies at all for that view, I'd rather they swipe up and they go to your merchandise show store and buy your merch and then take a selfie wearing the merch when they get it and tag you over an Instagram and then you kind of give them a shout out and you like, you know, put that in your next Instagram story because that's what my plan is when I get 10,000 uh, followers in Instagram and I get to swipe up. So guys, if you're listening, go follow me on Instagram at Roberto Blake and promote me out, pimp me out to your friends, get me closer to 10,000 uh, uh, followers in Instagram so that one, I can start giving you shout outs when you wear the Create Awesome merch and then two, I can also start doing something really interesting with giveaways when that opportunity comes because that's one of the things with the swipe up that I think people should be doing as a tactic. So I think that the emphasis needs to be on stop trying to build a YouTube channel and try to build an overall holistic brand and use these platforms, convert the attention into revenue or something that builds brand and stop trying to convert it just to getting a bigger YouTube channel because YouTube's so sexy right now and everybody wants it and everyone wants a silver or gold play button. And everything that you think you can accomplish with 100,000 or a million subscribers, 
you know what I'm seeing people do? I'm seeing people with 10,000 subscribers accomplish the same thing. So ultimately, that becomes my answer is build brand, build brand, build brand. One question. Do you know if you can have two anchor profiles at the same time? Because I'm still thinking about, like, I know I can have two YouTube channels at the same time. And I'm thinking about going bilingual with German and English. And I'd like to do the same in Anchor in the future, but I don't know if I can switch it in between. I don't want to have the, the belief, like I don't want to have two languages on one channel. I think that's just confusing for the audience and annoying. So I'd like to separate. Like, do you think that's like a possibility to be easy to switch in between accounts? I don't know. I hope so. That would be cool. And maybe I'll just get a second phone. I don't know. <laughs> Clara, thanks for calling in. Great question. Um, I don't think you can have two sub profiles on Anchor. I think you have to sign up with another social media account or email address uh, and that you'd have to switch between them. I agree with you that doing uh, two languages on one channel is way too confusing for the audience. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't recommend that. I think it's very ambitious when people do um, multiple uh, languages for their brand. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it makes it more accessible. Charlie over from Charisma on Command did that with his channel and I think it's definitely helped the brand to have uh, that in their native language. So uh, yeah, I think that if you want to go the bilingual route, you're going to have to do it under uh, another account and you can just uh, you know brand it to where it's consistent so that they know it's you. But uh, yeah, that's my answer. Thanks for the question. Quick question for you guys in the audience. Uh, we may not get to it on this episode of the show, but I'd love for some people to call in and tell me what social media platform they're using the most right now and why. I think that um, I'm not concerned about oversaturation in YouTube. Personally, I don't give a crap and that do. I think that everyone underestimates how narrow the top of the funnel is because no matter how uh, many people get on the platform, the overwhelming reality is that most people um, are not necessarily cutting it and that the, the, there's so much room at the top 10%. There's so much room for that to grow because it's a really narrow funnel, guys. It's so small. There's so few people with uh, silver play buttons. There's so few people with gold play buttons. I don't think anyone really appreciates that fact that there are millions upon millions of YouTubers, but there are only thousands upon thousands of people who've made it. There are literally, for all the millions of people on this platform, there are only tens of thousands of people with silver play buttons and not even all of those people make a living off of the platform and that there's literally less than 5,000 people with gold play buttons, 500 or less with diamond. At the top, there's plenty of room. Everyone talking about oversaturation in YouTube is, in my mind, they're full of crap. I'm gonna call them out on that. I'm gonna be very vulgar about that, that they're full of crap and here's why. For all of the people, there's 50,000 channels with silver play buttons, right? How many of those do you think are gaming channels? The far majority of them. So yeah, gaming's oversaturated. But guess what's under-saturated um, in YouTube? Guess what's underrepresented? Science is underrepresented. Education channels are underrepresented. Business channels are underrepresented. So if you have those skills, you can show up to YouTube and win. And then let's not forget that out of all these big channels, how many of those are brands? How many of those are YouTubers who've been around for a decade? How many of those are people who are part of cliques or groups or clubs or squads? How many of those, okay? How many of those people also like broke out and were viral? How many of those people are already mainstream celebrities? So the number of like actual YouTubers 
who've grown organically and made it and are successful. It's a small amount. A lot of them did it in the early days, which means that their relevancy to an up-and-coming audience isn't going to hit the same way just because they have the numbers and the herd mentality. People might subscribe to them, but that doesn't mean that they're getting what they want, which is why there's always room for newcomers. Everyone's worried about it being too late. Everyone's worried about being saturated. And so I think they're full of crap. And I think it's mostly people are scared and people don't want to hustle and people don't want to grind and people don't want to do what Boogie and Philip DeFranco and so many others did for years and what Swoozy did for years. Spend five years languishing in obscurity and like feeling like nobody's watching you but love what you're doing every single day. Most people don't have the stomach for that. Most people come to my comment section crying after six months months six months six months can you imagine me saying that my dream is to be a, a basketball player or a pro wrestler and like whining after six months everyone would tell me i'm soft and tell me about how disrespectful it was for me to even entertain the notion if i was gonna quit that early but youtube is supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be this world of viral dreams and again i know this isn't what people want to hear from me which is why i'm saying it I'm saying it because, again, I'm honest about these things. I've talked about these things in live streams. I've come at it hard. And it's not me being negative or trying to be discouraging. I'm trying to paint a reality that everyone is afraid to paint because everyone would rather sell you false positivity because that's good for their brand. That's good for their brand to sell you false positivity. Okay? Me? I'm going to be real about this. I'm going to tell you it's hard. I'm going to tell you that it's sleepless nights. I'm going to tell you that it's angst. I'm going to tell you that it's work. And if you don't have the stomach for that, then guess what? There are so many other great platforms that aren't saturated. There are so many other great platforms that might play to your strength. You may not have it to be a YouTuber. You might be the greatest podcaster of all time. And because you're stuck on the idea of how sexy it is to be a YouTuber and have a silver or gold play button, you're cheating yourself out being the greatest podcaster of all time. You might be the greatest Instagram model in your niche of all time. You might be uh, someone who could build a half a million uh, brand on a brand page in Facebook if you were putting and deploying your effort there and posting native videos there. Yeah, you can't monetize it with ads. Guess what? First couple of YouTube uh, years, no people make no money on ads the first couple of years in YouTube unless they're very smart or very fortunate. Um, or the platform favors them in a very specific way or they choose a very specific niche. So I want to know what platforms you're using and why, and I also want your thoughts on me thinking YouTube is too sexy and everyone's trying to get in on something easy. Yo, Roberto, Kevin, um, by the way, from Raleigh, um, I'm really, really digging your anchor stuff. Um, I like all your stuff. Um, I've actually liked even some when you've kind of what I'll call breaking format and just talk about either trends or uh, I remember when you kind of called out the lady on the the personal branding thing, which I think you were you were dead on on that. So anyway, I'm really I love this format. Um, this is my second round with Anchor, but I'm liking it a lot better. So keep it up. Uh, I love just the way uh, it, it, it seems like it's even quicker to get feedback and stuff like that. So anyway, I just want to say uh, thanks for doing what you do and keep rocking it. See you, man. Bye. Hey Roberto, uh, my name is Azarin here from Azarin, the language nerd. I have, uh, I've, I've never really been following you for that long, to be perfectly honest. I, but I've known about you for a while because I follow Gary V and I've seen you in his comments and, um, so I've, I've just known about you for a little while, but, um, again, only recently started following on YouTube and now on Anchor and everything. Um, but I was just curious and I don't know if you've maybe made a video or an Anchor post and I just haven't seen it, but, 
uh, I was wondering if you can just talk about like what you actually do um, for a living. I was very, very curious um, and kind of what your background was with that. So thanks for all the good work. I'm looking forward to listening to more of your stuff over the next little while. Hey, so I think a lot of people um, are confused about what is it that I actually do. Uh, but if you go to robertoblick.com, I kind of like spell it out there in terms of what I do. But I'm a creative entrepreneur, and that means a lot of things. In my in my respect, it means a lot of things. Uh, my background originally is in graphic design, and I built a career around that for a long time in graphic design and advertising, and then also doing uh, marketing within corporate America. When I became an entrepreneur, I did those things for clients. I do almost no graphic design externally anymore. It's all within my own brands, working as the creative director, and if clients need that, we outsource it. Um, we use either people within our network or we source people for the clients for that, but essentially, um, aside from all the things with my personal brand and all the ways I've monetized the YouTube channel, which does a substantial amount of revenue beyond ad sets, I do very well with consulting, both for um, other entrepreneurs, for small brands, and for corporate clients. I do very well with that. I do paid public speaking. I do um, sponsorships, I do affiliate marketing, I do all of these different things. I have a paid mentoring group, it's a group mentoring program, Awesome Creator Academy. Uh, later that will be selling courses. Uh, within the next two years I'll have a conference uh, that I'll be putting together. I'm laying the groundwork for that now and talking to people and sponsors with that and to other speakers. There are things with that. Obviously, I do uh, paid training and workshops, so there's a lot of things that I do under my company, Create Awesome Media. So again, the short version is I'm the owner and operator of my own digital agency, Create Awesome Media, and I have a lucrative personal brand that I've managed to monetize, and so yeah, that's what it looks like. I am a creative entrepreneur. Guys, I think that's a good place to uh, bookmark uh, the show. So thanks so much for tuning in. We had some uh, great questions from people. I really appreciate that. I love that this show is a conversation. It's not just me rambling all the time, although there's certainly the majority of it's probably that. But I love talking to you guys. I love the interaction here. I love that this breaks the fourth wall, as my friend Kathy would say. And so I really want you guys to continue calling into the show, keep asking for awesome, and I'll keep trying to deliver. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a good day, good night, wherever you are. Uh, I'm Roberto Blake, and thank you for asking for awesome. Take care.